Welcome everyone to another episode of the Tan Manny's Kill a Jedi podcast. I am your co-host Darth Selene. And I'm your main host, the Artificial Dragon. And welcome to the 48th episode of the podcast, everybody. We are two, two away. <laughs> we are two away from our 50th, 50th episode. episode. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what our 50th episode is going to be. That's going to be a uh, super se- special episode, Hannah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, after this one, we'll have our Halloween episode, which will, which I'll get to once this one is over. But welcome. Gonna say, you're going to say it at the end of the episode. Yeah, at the end of the episode. I'm, spoilers, everybody. Don't skip ahead if you want spoilers. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I'll go ahead and give a Patreon out of the way. Um, for all of those that love our content, we have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash canmail. Once again, that's patreon.com slash canmail, where you can contribute to our lowest amount, which is $2, and the highest being $10. And whichever tier you contribute to, you have instant access to our Discord server, where you could share general Star Wars lore, share memes, uh, vibe, or give us topic suggestions. Those are always nice to look at. We also like seeing, you know, Star Wars OCs and stuff. Yeah, especially with, uh, what was that one OC, Mandalore or something? Man, uh, I cannot remember. <laughs> well, don't worry, for the guy that we're referring to, you know who you are. That Mandalore, oh, it's so good. So good Insert looking. yellow text here. I especially, <laughs> <laughs> I especially love the uh, Mandalorian Jawas he's been sharing on oh, that yeah. Discord server. But yeah, um, cool. yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, but aside from that, for anybody that is that uh, contributes to the smuggler tier, um, you'll get a, a nice little Patreon art piece each month. And for this month, we have our good old monster girl, the Yujing Vong Warrior, getting her uh, amphi staff ready to punish many heretics left and right, which I'm sure a lot of you are into by now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so with that aside, Hannah, you want to give your uh, little shout out with your blog and everything? Uh, yes. Uh, I still have yet to figure out a fucking name for the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am. A, I am open to suggestions. Please give them to me. Uh, it would help with the creative process. And send me asks. Yeah. Yet again, only Irk and you, Isaac, have sent asks, which I still have yet to answer (laughs) because I've been too busy writing down notes for the one shot I'm going to be DMing tonight. Yeah, um, unfortunately, we won't be recording this one, but if anybody in the Patreons or in the uh, comments are interested, Interested. maybe we will do a little mini-series if Hannah's one shot goes off without Hitch. Holy shit, that's (laughs) even more daunting. (laughs) <laughs> got any names for it yet hannah no <laughs> yeah don't worry i didn't come up with star wars ultra now until my buddy kid recommended to me like <laughs> years later <laughs> holy shit but yeah um let me give a quick shout out to all of our smugglers because that's always and we've got to always prevent the bare necessities um we have cameron lee dr emboss kenneth young leon fought the fourth Tristan H. Special shout out goes to Irk the Turtle. And last but not least, Voxcast to Nowhere. Thank you all so much for contributing to the Smugglers tier. And thank you for supporting our podcast for the past couple of months. It's been a hell of a roller coaster with you guys around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we always appreciate the, uh, the support. 
Yeah, as per usual. Anyway, um, so with that aside, Hannah, um, I'm pretty sure we know what today's episode is going to be about. Very self-explanatory. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Alderaan. Indeed, the, uh, <laughs> the, the very tragic planet that got offed in its very first appearance in Star Wars. This is actually one of my favorite planets on... Uh, Swator. On Swator. Yeah, I could see that. It's got that nice serene feel to it, doesn't it? It's the one planet where as you're riding your vehicle to mm-hmm. the mission destination, you don't fucking hate it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is nice. I get to look at mountains. I get to look at trees. I see snow. Which, it, uh, it reminds me of Flagstaff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's got to have higher mountains and snowier tops, but yeah, I get where you're going from. And, you know, all the palaces that are there. Yeah, that is true. Um, What vehicle would have to be your favorite to ride on? The Speeders or the Ferrantas? Uh, they're the, like, it's an, uh, it's a specific fucking mount that you can, you can get in the game. I think yeah. it's in a cartel pack or you get it from... Uh, the, the, not the cartel market, but the, uh... The space station place? The certificates. There you go, The the cartel certificates. Okay. Uh, it's, like, the commander's throne or something. Mm. It's it's an empire, uh, directed mount. Of course. It looks like a throne, but it's, it hovers. Yep. And it's got the imperial emblem (laughs) at, at a hologram at the top. A it's mobile, awesome. a mobile pimp throne. I love that. Hey, Fitzroy Inquisitor. <laughs> that is very true, but yeah. Um. So, yeah, this might be a shorter, longer episode than usual. I say that for every single episode we do, and it ends up being an hour and a half. But I don't. <laughs> who knows at this point? It what... happens. That's fine. But yeah. Um. So Odoran, as we all know, it's one of the. Uh, Worlds found within the Core Worlds region, and it was the second planet within, well, the Odoran system. Um, Odoran is 12,500 kilometers across, compared to Earth, which is 12,756 kilometers wide. Wow. Um, has a 24-hour day and night cycle, an orbital period of 364 days, and it has a temperate climate with forests, Plains, grasslands, small seas, and mountains. So this is pretty much the closest planet we have talked about so far that's similar to Earth in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, it looks like Earth when you're running around um, in the game. Yeah, pretty much. It possessed a singular moon, which is simply called the Moon of Odoran. Very original. Very original. Like a... (laughs) <laughs> Princess Leia uses that a couple of times, like in the same similar way. Like we said, oh my god, she's all like, by the moon of Odoran. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really funny. Um, and of course, we know as Star Wars fans, Odoran is renowned galaxy wide for its unspoiled beauty and was the home of many legendary heroes, such as, well, Leia and Bail Organa, as well as the famous Jedi Knight, Yula Keldroma. You might have heard the name before. I remember that from the History of the Sith Part 2. Yeah, where he was uh, the apprentice of Exar Kun. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Yula Caldrome in his own episode because he is such a fascinating character. Yet another fucking episode to add to the list. Indeed, and it's just piling up, Hannah. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Nothing new there. Anyway, um, much like its later ally, Naboo, it was also noted for its refined culture and committed to peace, which many Oderanians working with and around the land to preserve the natural surroundings as best as they can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, when I do research, it's basically, Odoran is just basically Naboo, but a lot better in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Because, well, it's it's the bigger dog in the park, while well, Naboo is still, it's it's still a baby world in comparison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Odoran is also one of the core founders of a Galactic Republic, alongside others like Corellia and Duros. There's a saying somewhere I remember, where somebody said, if Coruscant is the heart of a Republic, then Odran is its heart. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, the capital of Odran is called Odra. I know, very original there. Um, <laughs> which is located near the Triple Horn Mountains, which is seen as an important center of culture and science, com- which housed the University of Odoran and also hosts the famous Odra Royal Palace, also known as House Organa. Yep. Yeah, it's that famous, uh, I wouldn't say famous, but it's that palace that you see at the end of Revenge of a Sith. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, when uh, Bale and his and his Just right wife... after Bale and Brea have adopted Leia. Yep, yep, pretty much. That's okay. a House Organa, for reference. Um, and House Organa itself is a relatively new structure on Odoran, being constructed during the first centuries of a golden age of a republic. So, it was literally created during an era of peace in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um... Other notable locales are the Alaskan Lowlands. Most of these can be found in Swator, um, which consists of Fort Oris and the estate of House Trelli. The Alphilius Coast, which is the ancestral home of House Organa, with the estate called Castle Organa, and would turn the surrounding... And House Organa, they turned their surrounding landscape into farmland, basically. And let me see the... The Glaris Valley, which serves as the ancestral home of House Pantir, also the site of both Castle Pantir and the Elysium, making the region a seat of culture as well as democracy on Odoran. You know where Elysium is, right? Yeah. It's, it's those gigantic archways and everything? Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. where they also keep artifacts. Yeah, a shit ton of artifacts from the looks of it. Especially a lot of Jedi yeah. artifacts. And then there's Vajarian Mountains, which held uh, House Elgo, along with House... Elgo. Thank you. Uh, House Rist, and was the site of many battles during the Great Galactic War, and later the Cold War. We need to talk about the Organa Noble House. <laughs> that'll be a good episode. Yeah, that'll be a good episode. Um, Yeah, we'll definitely do a separate episode on the different noble houses of Alderaan and everything. Anyway, um... Let me see. Uh, it also holds... Uh, where was that? Okay. Uh, the Camos Territory also contains another region called the Castle Lands. You probably are familiar with the Castle Lands, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, which additionally serves as the ancestral land of House Fool and the King's Pass, which was the site of a decisive battle between the warring noble families before the creation of a parliament in the ancient past. Mm-hmm. Odran has a population of 2 billion people, 95% of it human, and the rest aliens. 
That's so small compared to the U.S. alone. Yeah. Holy fuck. And I think, like, Corazon has a population of 300 trillion, something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Odoran is tiny in comparison to everything, any, everywhere else in the galaxy. Which really does go to show how much they value the natural landscape and everything. Mm -hmm. Um... Odoran is famous for its luxury items, art, and wine, with, you know, that famous image of Count Dooku just sipping on Odoran wine, I believe. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, that's where we got the inspiration for uh, the Dooku <laughs> Yeah, that, that more fucking uh, Patreon art piece. <laughs> Go see that, by the way. That is high culture. <laughs> that's, my, that's my home screen on my phone. Oh, uh, along with uh, more fucking... Valkorian. Yep, Valkorian's my lock screen. Dooku is my. Home <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Anyway, um, where was I? Um, so let's go ahead and briefly talk about the Odoran um animals. There's not a whole lot, in all honesty. Um, it's kind of ironic because Tatooine and Naboo kind of beat Odoran in terms of fauna and flora. Well, yeah. And it's also especially ironic considering tattooing as a barren landscape. Yeah, that is <laughs> ironic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll start with the most uh, recognizable fauna, which is the Nerf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Nerf herders. <laughs> you scruffy Nerf herder who's scruffy rooking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the Nerfs are a widespread umbervorous animal who come from, well, Odoran. Um, they were domesticated for both its fur and meat, with nerf meat being the most profitable food item in the galaxy. Basically, they're cows. They're pretty much, cows. pretty much. Uh, the nerf, there's, nerf steak restaurants are pretty common within the core worlds for that very reason. Um, nerfs are not as common around the mid-rim and beyond, as ranchers in those regions of space prefer the less troublesome uh, Banfa. And um, aside from the steak, you also have uh, the braised Nerf, Nerf burgers, Nerf loaf, Nerf medallon, Nerf ribs, Nerf sausage. What the hell? Okay, <laughs> Nerf steak stew, Nerf tenderloin, smoked Nerf, Nerf cubes, Nerf strips, and Nerf spread. Nerf spread? What the fuck? I do not know that what that is. That sounds like... It's, it's probably like some kind of stuffing or something. Okay. <laughs> but basically, it's cow. Yeah. It's cattle. Pretty much. Additional... You fucking see them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they are literally everywhere. I think they're like one of the only animals from Old Rand that didn't outright go extinct when it got into oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> Um, additionally, herders of a beast are called, well, nerf herders, who are well known as being scruffy looking. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, there also exists other subspecies of a nerf, such as the Grazomot nerf, which could only be found on the planet of Grazomot, and it is likened to an Eope with antlers. You know what an EOP is, right? The yeah, camel the, things the camel from Tatooine. Things from Tatooine. Imagine that. Imagine that, but with antlers. I think there's a legit picture of. They're so ugly looking. There we go. <laughs> yeah, they're so ugly looking. Yeah, let me bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> that looks completely different to what we thought we'd see in Obi Wan. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the nerf if it didn't eat enough food, apparently. Okay. <laughs> There's also the mountain nerf, which evolved on the planet of Fenissa, where they were allowed to roam the mountains freely and began to live in the caves. Don't worry, I don't have any more pictures of a nerf right now. Okay. Um, there's the wilder nerf, which is a more wild species of a nerf, the larkin nerf, and the woolly nerf. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, for the nerf, there exists an illegal and unorthodox sport simply called nerf throwing. What? what? Yeah. Nerf throwing? Nerf throwing. That sounds like like a fucking Scottish Highland thing. <laughs> I, there's not too much I've seen about nerf throwing, but it is described as the contestants literally throwing the nerf for distance and accuracy. Yeah, that's a fucking Scottish Highland game. <laughs> I'm just imagining somebody putting the nerf on a fucking catapult and letting them fly. <laughs> like that one scene from, uh, from uh, what was it, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> there also exists a uh, virus on Odoran called Nerf Pox, which is a virus that affects Odoran youths. Chicken pox! Pretty much, yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's not literally from a Nerf, but they call it they Nerf call Pox. They call it Nerf Pox. Um, and of course, we have another one of Odoran's more famous creatures, the Ferrantas. The Therantas are actually really cool. Think yeah. like, for those of you who don't know what they are, think a manta ray. Yep. But that can it can fly. Yeah, it can fly through the air, and they come in numerous shapes and sizes on Odoran. I love the way they look. Yeah, they I look wish so they had cool. One as an actual mount yeah. in the game. It is so cool looking. Um, the Ferantas they feed mostly on smaller flying creatures and airborne zooplankton and are famously used by the Odoranians as air transportation. While native to Odoran, they could be found on other worlds, such as the gas giant of Bespin. Um, and some were brought to Coruscant, but unfortunately they died immediately after due to air pollution. Oh. Yeah, unfortunate. Very Coruscant is in China. <laughs> galaxy! You know, that's actually not that far off. <laughs> There exist many subspecies of the Ferrantas, the first being the common Ferrantas, the Bellina Ferranta, the Pilota Ferranta, the Great Ferranta, and the Giant Ferranta. 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 <laughs> yeah, the Giant Ferranta, um, they are so big, they could have like entire palaces on their backs and everything. Oh, damn. Yeah, they are big boys. Um... Then there is also the Maliter. Let me see if I could pull it up real quickly. Um, why did I not get a picture of this one? It happens. <laughs> <laughs> of all the creatures I didn't bring up, it's the Maliter. Here we go. Um, so this is kind of a uh, more disturbing looking one. Um, the Maliter. It's basically this weird bug-like creature. Nate... That is found in Odoran's ancient mythology, as you'll see in the uh, chat real quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the uh, Molator exists in Odoranian mythology. What the fuck is that thing? <laughs> I know, it's so creepy looking. Ew! <laughs> Take a Skeksis from fucking uh, Dark Crystal and melt it, and that is what this thing is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. Vamoliator is known to use its magical powers to protect the Odranian royalty, and it is famously used as a piece of Dajaric. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if it actually exists, but it's famous enough to be a uh, chess piece. That's just <laughs> so disgusting looking. <laughs> there also exists the Monka Cat which I'm sure you've seen plenty of them on numerous yeah, plants you, across the galaxy. You run into manka cats a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're basically like a, <laughs> a cross between uh, African lions and mountain lions. And that one actually looks kind of cute. The kitten is really cute. He's really cute. <laughs> looks like mix a, a lion and a bobcat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um, the monka cat is a predator native to Odoran. But it could also be found on other worlds such as Typhon, where they were domesticated and used as attack animals by the Flesh Raiders. Okay. While it is known to hunt nerves and it is a predator that must be shot on sight for safety reasons, their tusks and teeth are prized for their medical use to cure many types of illnesses. So going back to China once again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, then there's the Odoran Furry Moth, also known as the Wooly Moth. Let me go ahead and wooly share. Wooly Moth? The Wooly Moth. It's so cute and cuddly. It's like a miniature version of Mothra. Oh, <laughs> That's really cute. It does remind me of Mothra. Yeah, it does. Same with the Caterpillar, yeah. too. The Odoranian Furry Moth um, is known to nest among furry flowers. The larvae of a moth are armored caterpillars that could grow to more than three feet in length, um, which they are said to live for a dozen years before becoming a cocoon. Okay. Most furry moths can grow to a, uh, I, I believe it's like a wing spread of 22 feet. Okay. They are big moths. And, uh, yeah, um, and then the next one is the Grazer. It's basically a, uh, more chonky version of the Nerf. Look at that chonky boy. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> fucking fat! <laughs> it's got the face of a frog. Yeah. What the shit? The Grazer is bred by old Ranians for their rich, nutritious meat and are seen as more manageable and can grow much larger than a Nerf. That's probably, this, this looks like, this makes me think of, like, the equivalent of pigs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, looking at it, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I was thinking, like, bison or, like, uh, one of those larger grazing animals. But, yeah, I could see them being pigs, too. Yeah, they, they, they look like pigs. Yeah. And then next is the stalking bird. These guys are actually pretty cool. Aside from insects, I love me some giant birds. They're weird looking, but yeah. that's, it's weird seeing a bird with long legs. Yeah. <laughs> the stalking bird is a species of reptile avian that are predators that are known for fleshing out prey by grouping together in a formation, then proceeding to use their sharp beaks to spear any animal that ran out of grass. Okay. Yeah, most of these animals, including the uh, furry moth, just outright went extinct when Odoran got blown up. Well, duh. The furry moth, no. <laughs> Mothra, no. That makes me sad. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, 
Now that we got the fauna out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about the history of Old Rand, because it's probably the most interesting part of this world, if I'm going to be completely honest. Okay. Um, Old Rand, in one million years before the Battle of Yavin, would be inhabited by, well, its original inhabitant, the Kilix. You already are I'm good. I'm very familiar with the Kilix. You are very familiar with the Kilix, yeah. Um... The Killigs evolved from the most intelligent non-sentient species on Old Rand, which I imagine would be like hyper-intelligent ants or something. Mm -hmm. um, they constructed the massive hives that dot the surface of Old Rand and would nearly consume all the world's natural resources before colonizing the nearby world of Aliskan and finally departing towards deep space for unknown regions. Mm -hmm. uh, reasons, not regions. <laughs> God damn it. Um... But yeah, by the time the human colonists from Coruscant found Odoran in 27,500 years before the Battle of Yavin, it was basically an abandoned world, where the only thing that reminded the colonists of its former inhabitants were the petrified, petrified mounds that once served as the highs for the Kilix. Yeah, I've seen you run into a shit ton of those on yep. Alderaan. As we'll soon see, the Kilix were not completely gone from Alderaan. Um, one of these regions, the Castle Lands, would be the highest concentration of the Kilix when they, which they called Oroboro, or in their language, our home. Uh-huh. Um, when the, colon, when the human colonists arrived, they set to work on building a peace-loving civilization, which became attractive to many settlers across the core worlds. And eventually, the Odoran monarchy would be created not long after. And, you know, it would be created to help preserve the laws and help preserve a beautiful land that wasn't killed by the Kilix. Um, at around 25,053 years before the Battle of Yavin, Aldran would become one of the founders of a galactic republic and would be one of the anchor points for early hyperspace travel. And Aldran even founded one of the first shipwrights called the Aldran Royal Engineers, which created everything from large capital ships to small starfighters. Though I gotta say, one of their more unique looking products is this space station called the Elysees Class uh, Space Station. Mm -hmm. I'll put it in the chat there. From what it's described, it's basically like a Dyson sphere, but for a moon. Huh. Yeah, it keeps on... It's kind of uh, confusing to me because of the way it's described. It, like, says it orbits a moon, and in other cases, it said it completely covers a moon. That is strange. Yeah, but so goddamn cool. It, it looks like a precursor to the Death Star. It does. Which I find super ironic considering, well, you know, what happens to it in the yes. future. <laughs> but yeah, um, aside from that, um, during the Mandalorian Wars, it was about to be invade. I mean, Odoran has never been attacked. I mean, it has been attacked a few times in its history, but it remained largely untouched throughout its history. Mm -hmm. But during the Mandalorian Wars, the Mandalorians, uh, <laughs> a certain Mandalorian by the name of Cassus Fett, the second-in-command of the, uh, the Mandalore the Ultimate and the ancestor of Jingle Fett, um, he, would mount a, he would prepare an invasion for Odoran. But fortunately for Odoran, uh, an outbreak of the Ragul Plagues kind of fucked up his plans and everything. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Good thing that the Ragouls were there to 
fuck up the Mandalorians. For <laughs> 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 one good thing the Ragghouls did in the galaxy. Um, but aside from that, eventually, around the, you know, the Great Galactic War and everything, when a vicious Sith Empire invaded the galaxy, Odoran would be one of those many worlds invaded by the Sith Empire. Oh. And, you know, led to that, 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 that motherfucking masterpiece of a trailer, cinematic trailer on Odoran. Oh, right, right, right. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, you remember you see one. see Shan kicking ass. Yeah, and Malg is also kicking ass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, such a great trailer, by the way. I love it so much. Um, Watch but, it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's so good. Um... It would be taken by the Civ Empire, but then a task force led by Commander... Uh, where was his fucking name? Uh, Commander Jace Malcolm. You know who Malcolm is. Yes, Theron's dad. And the more fucking Giga Chad that managed to bang Satyo Shan. <laughs> yes, the, the dude who managed to bang the Grandmaster of the Jedi Order. Yeah, and more fucking ran up to Darth Malgus and went Ala Akbar on his ass. Yep. <laughs> Such a motherfucking giga chat, I swear to God. Um, but yeah, uh, during the Great Galactic War, the, the Republic wasn't doing too hot against the Sith Empire. Like, they were suffering defeat after defeat after defeat. And then Odran came along. The Sith were about to win, but then the Republic managed to squeeze in a victory. And... Uh, Odoran became a rallying cry for the Republic. Like, wow, the Civ Empire is actually not invisible. Invincible. We could actually do this. And at that point, Odoran became a lot more militaristic because, you know, fuck the Civ. They almost invaded our home world. We gotta, we gotta kick them out of Republic space and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, after a while, it Especially during the Battle of Hoth, both sides would be grinded to a standstill. Um, looking for a way to end the war peacefully, delegates from both sides would convene on Odran itself for, you know, peace negotiations. Because, you know, um, eventually people get sick and tired of war after it goes on for long enough. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, though, unfortunately, as... As is the way of a Sith, this was a mere distraction to allow Malgus to lead the sacking of Coruscant itself. Mm -hmm. And this move was merely to hold the capital hostage to force the Republic delegates to sign the Treaty of Coruscant, which ultimately ended hostilities for the war, but forced the Republic to abandon many fronts and many of its longtime allies to the Sith. So yeah, it wasn't a good time for the Republic. <laughs> Seeing the treaty as unfair and leaning toward imperial interests and not both sides, Odran as a whole was disgusted by this. And as a result, the crown prince of Odran, a man by the name of Galpantir, would walk out of the Senate and declare his world an independent system. Hmm. So kind of a similar move to what uh, Karelia did during the Separatist Crisis. Like, fuck you guys, I'm not going to participate in anything. Gotta point this out real quickly. It's kind of huge that a founder of a republic basically declared neutrality and independence from the republic. Oh, yeah. Like, the soul of a republic basically telling the republic, fuck you, we're going to do our own thing. That's a huge deal. But, unfortunately, things would be worsened when Gaul would be assassinated, and his mother, the current queen of Alderaan, would perish several days later, which caused much division between all the royal families, each of them wanting to claim the throne for themselves. Oof. 
And as we know, this led to the Civil War that would be influenced by both the Republic with, you know, the House Organa um, and the Civ who would back House Fool. Yep. And do, after doing research, it doesn't say if there's a clear outcome for the Civil War. It's basically ongoing as far as I'm concerned. It depends on what side you're on. Yeah. Um, when you're playing the game. <laughs> but I... This is my own personal headcanon, considering that the Organas are still around, and the Republic won, obviously. They probably won. <laughs> so let's just put it as that. Organa what came out on top, and now they rule Alderaan. Headcanon. <laughs> and then after the Cold War, Alderaan would, of course, rejoin the Republic, and it would remain untouched for the remainder of its history, even during the new Sith Wars and later the Clone Wars. Um... Interestingly enough, well, okay, this is pretty on-brand for Odoran anyway. Um, during the Separatist Crisis, Odoran would be one of several worlds that opposed the Military Creation Act and would even allow refu the refugee relief movement to provide shelter to members of Separatist worlds that want to remain loyal to the Republic. Mm -hmm. So Odoran... It's very famous for its humanitarian aid and everything like that. You know, just looking out for the little guy and the lost people. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, though, okay. Though, due to this, it was on the verge of being... Okay, so during the Clone Wars, uh, Odoran would do a lot of humanitarian aid. Like, have you... Okay, I think I showed you that episode of the Clone Wars where uh, Bail Organa and Jar Jar Binks go to Toydaria yeah. to help the uh, They were Ryos. trying to do, like, peace talks and stuff. Yeah, and uh, the Trade Federation... Uh, like, fuck you. <laughs> the Trade Federation senator was doing everything he can to stop that from happening. Yep. But yeah, um, so there was all of that going on with Alderaan, doing a lot of uh, nice humanitarian efforts. To the point where General Grievous himself wanted to personally destroy Odoran. Oof. He obviously didn't, but it's more Whoa, of a shaking no his shit. fist at Odoran, like, <laughs> next time. <laughs> but yeah, um, aside from, uh, you know, these hum humanitarian efforts, they wouldn't just send money or supplies to the worlds that have been ravaged by the Separatists. They would also send other things like doctors, architects, droids, teachers, builders, and medics. They, uh, they go the entire nine yards for these planets in need. Sounds like it. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah, Odoran is an absolute bro in the Star Wars galaxy, which is very unfortunate what happens to it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the people are good. Yeah, they That's are good. That's what's important. Yeah. Um, even though Odoran didn't contribute a large amount to the war effort, the Clone Wars began to have its toe on Odoran itself. As, while it didn't possess weapons of any kind, its officers became more hardened and had more... The quote is more teeth, so the implication is that they're becoming more war-hungry and everything. Okay. Um, plus, local manufacturers started making more practical items instead of luxury items for the war effort. Like, okay, we need to stop making Odoranian wine. We need more medical supplies and everything. Less luxury stuff and more practical stuff, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the planet's population slowly grew in numbers due to the increasing numbers of refugees that, you know, kept swarming Odoran because it's, it always accepts refugees from the ravaged Separatist worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though when the Clone Wars came into an end and the Galactic Empire was created, 
Odran became overwhelmed by waves of anti-imperial protests, mostly caused by alien refugees, who are now forced to pay a ludicrous amount of money to return back home. Oof. Yeah, it's uh, not a good time for Odran during the rise of the Empire. <laughs> if it's it not wasn't. a good time for anybody during yeah. the Empire. Yeah, yeah. But fortunately, Odoran, unlike Corellia and all the other planets that uh, that kind of opposed Palpatine and his policies, Odoran kind of remained unharmed by the Galactic Empire. Like, there was no occupation force, there was no uh, forceful um, subjugation of a people, like you see with Corellia and all that stuff. It remained largely untouched. And uh, Odoran became something of a safe haven to rebellious elements who wanted to rise against the Empire and everything, which drew the ire of many Imperials who suspected that the leadership of Odoran itself was secretly encouraging these activities, which, you know, <laughs> they're not wrong, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, I think... It, <laughs> It doesn't give me too much research to work with, but I think Odoran is just such an important Republic world that if a, the Galactic Empire knew for a fact that Odoran was doing these activities, but they just couldn't move against them because Odoran is, you know, a founding world of a Republic. Yeah. That would be like the equivalent of a, some, some military in the world going against the Buddha and killing their asses. <laughs> That's how I imagine it to be yes, with the Odorans. But yeah, um, Odoran, despite <laughs> the uh, lasting and terrorizing memories of the Clone Wars, many members of Odoran would actually volunteer to become important figures of a rebel alliance with many uh, of its former military making up the bulk of a rebel alliance with even Odoran conveni conveniently losing several ships and weapons to pirates and shit. Like, there's an episode in Rebels where uh, Princess, uh, Princess Leia um, brings a couple of ancient warships to Lafal, and conveniently it gets stealed by the Rebels. <laughs> conveniently. Conveniently. <laughs> but yeah, um, let me see. Um, I think there's even a quote somewhere where... Uh, the Rebel Alliance was so popular amongst the natives of Odoran that they would be given uh, real-time news of who, who, who died in the line of duty for the Rebel Alliance. Oh. Like, it's all like, hey, who died recently? Oh, Jimbo. Jimbo died the other day. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, eventually this... Uh, this secret colluding with a rebel alliance would eventually come back to bite the Odoran in the ass, as we'll soon build up to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, even though Odoran doesn't have any weapons of any kind, uh, one of its most important treasures was this ship called Another Chance, which is an Odoran war frigate that contains a majority of Odoran's weapons of war, and its crew was was manned mo mostly by droids. Um, another chance was sent off to travel aimlessly across the galaxy until it would be recalled by the Council of Elders in time of desperation. Um, though, unfortunately, desperation would ultimately be Odoran's undoing. Wanting to get Princess Leia to speak, 
um, with torture methods not working and most likely to send a message to the Rebel Alliance, um, Grand Moff Tarkin would use the Death Star to, of course, blow up Odoran. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, and I remember the the interrogation. Like, I heard <laughs> the interrogation in the audiobook. <laughs> I was about to pull that up, yeah. Oh, that's so bad! <laughs> No, no, for okay, it's so, so cringy. <laughs> for the audience, um, in case you don't want to listen it to yourself, but um, there's a section in the audiobook which is basically an expanded version of Darth Vader torturing Princess Leia and everything. Um, uh, there's like a truth serum that he injected into Princess Leia with a droid that didn't work, and then Darth Vader tried to use uh, a mind probe on her that didn't work. But as Darth Vader is interrogating Princess Leia, you just hear her moan continuously in the background. Yeah, it sounds like you're watching something you're not supposed to be watching. <laughs> the fucking meme of like, <laughs> Star Wars when you're watching it. Star Wars when your mom comes in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's so cursed. It's, it's very so cursed. cursed. <laughs> oh man but yeah um <laughs> i was listening to a couple of like uh conjectures on uh how everybody reacted to uh odoran getting destroyed and everything um okay before that um Grand Moff Tarkin was actually talking to a couple of his lieutenants about blowing up odoran and he's saying like i got permission from palpatine to blow up any planet that he that I deem necessary to be destroyed. Uh -huh. And he like turns over to Darth Vader. And he's all like, you got a problem with that, Lord Vader? And he's like, not at all. Hmm. And uh, from Vader's point of view, when he heard that Grand Moff Tarkin was going to blow up Odoran, he was literally impressed with how bold Tarkin was. He was like, God damn, Tarkin, you're a motherfucking Chad. Go you. Yeah. <laughs> But after the destruction of Odoran, many citizens of the galaxy were shocked, obviously. Um, but even uh, motherfucking Palpatine was shocked of the destruction of Odoran. Because even though Wait, he, he was? Yeah, he was shocked that Odoran got blown up. Like, he, ba he knew that he gave, Pal uh, you know, Tarkin the initiative to blow up any planet at his leisure, as long as it, you know, fervors the Empire's goals. Yeah. But he wasn't expecting Tarkin to blow up one of the most loyal planets in the entire galaxy for basically no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there were, like, a couple of things going on. Like, Palpatine made a statement, like... I'm sorry for the Empire blowing up Odran. For any survivors that are still around, we'll do anything we can to shelter you and all that stuff. That's surprising that Palpatine would do that. Yeah, that's his first statement. Second statement was basically him saying that the Empire was justified in blowing up Odran. What the fuck? Because, number one, it was sheltering many rebel sympathizers, which... Honestly, yes, that is very true. And second, yeah. they had chemical weapons that they were planning to use against the citizens of the Empire. Less true, but you can see both sides. Oh, he's a lying fucker, so... Obviously, the galaxy did not believe him at this point. Um, and considering that Odoran is nothing but sm but asteroids, there's yeah. not really any proof to back his claims up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, many historians in the Star Wars galaxy would... 
attest that the destruction of Odran would be the many stepping blocks that would lead to the downfall of the Empire. Um, as the destruction of Odran convinced many people to defect to the Rebel Alliance. Even more so after the destruction of the Death Star. <laughs> and Odran, the destruction of Odran would become a, uh, a piece of propaganda for the Rebel Alliance to gain more recruits. To show how justified they were against the, you know, the, uh, the horrors of the Empire and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, let me see. And then after that, uh, let me see. Da, da, da. And Odran, well... It's no longer Odran at this point, but... What was Odran? <laughs> the, what was Odran was nothing but a bunch of asteroids floating in space. And this area would be given the name of the Graveyard. Odorans that were off-world would make a tradition by making a pilgrimage to the graveyard and through a ceremony called the returning. They would shoot capsules filled with gifts for their friends and family that had perished on Odoran. That's a good way to honor the dead. Yeah, it, it gives me uh, Day of the Dead vibes. Not Day of the Dead. Uh, what was that holiday? What holiday? Uh, the Mexican holiday where they go, you know, give gifts to the uh, people of the dead and everything that is the day of the dead day of the dead okay i was right the first time cool <laughs> yeah it's called an ofrenda ofrenda minus ofrenda like off- offering yeah yeah i just it gives me those sort of vibes with uh returning to Alderan. Mm-hmm. um well what's left of Alderan anyway um there were also a branch of Odoranians called the Guardians that would stand guard around the graveyard to prevent looters from stealing the precious capsules that were given to the dead because most of these capsules would contain valuable artifacts and money and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously pirates, they don't give a shit about uh, treasures that are given to the dead. If it's treasure, I'm going to go and plunder that shit. Yahoo! Yeah. Um, let me see. Um... Even after many years, one of Luke's uh, Jedi initiates who would visit the graveyard would still sense through the Force the numerous screams of a planet's uh, previous inhabitants. So, like, they're literally sensing the millions of dead still screaming through the Force. Mm -hmm. Which is very foreboding, very creepy. Um, Well, you think? (laughs) Well, miraculously... Pieces of Castle Organa managed to survive the destruction of Alderaan. That is very surprising. Yeah, and Vader would actually set up traps for those that returned to, you know, get treasures or whatever. Um, eventually, though, Leia and one of the uh, elders that was that happened to be off world of Alderaan at the time went back to what remains of Castle Organa, and they would find a signal that would bring back that ship I mentioned earlier called Another Chance. Uh-huh. And the other Another Chance was basically the last gift that Odoran would give to the Rebel Alliance because of all the weapons of war it stored inside it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like it is pretty fucking cool. Fucking deus ex machina. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also forgot to mention that, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, people that came from Odoran that were serving the Imperial military at the time they defected to the Rebel Alliance because of that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think there's also like a manga 
um, of uh, from the point of view of these uh, Imperial cadets who are at the Death Star at the time, and they were also shocked to see that uh, Odoran was destroyed by the Death Star. There's also another... Star Wars and manga, you never would have thought. There's plenty of manga out there, actually, yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, there's like a certain manga where uh, you remember Commander Bly? Yes. The, the commander that served under Aayla Sakura? Yes. Um, there's a story where he and Darth Vader actually teamed up to kill the survivors of Felucia. Bro, what? <laughs> it's so it's so good. Damn. Okay. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, there's also a going away from manga real quickly. Um, there's another great short story from Dark Horse Comics. Um, this is like a couple of months after the destruction of Alderaan. Um, Darth Vader would be tasked with hunting down sur- uh, Rebel Alliance survivors and everything like mm-hmm. that. And he was he was on his Star Destroyer, and he would oversee, you know, operations of bombardments and everything. And the the, the Imperial captain that, that was serving under him was getting a little overzealous and just blowing all these rebel bases to oblivion, leaving no survivors. And Vader was all like, hey, stop that. We need survivors. We don't need an impact crater. We need survivors. He's like, okay, okay, I'll do as you say, Lord Vader. Oh, shit. And... Uh, they go to another Imperial base, not Imperial base, our Rebel base, and the Imperial captain was all like, okay, make sure to uh, downgrade the, the uh, turbo laser's battery so it doesn't end up being more destructive. But instead, the batteries were overcharged and destroyed the base, and Vader was furious because he was all like, I ordered you not to do that. He's like, it wasn't me, I swear. And Darth Vader's like, Let me wait. Guess he choked him. No, he was about to, though. <laughs> he was about to. As he was about to choke him, he was all like, wait, there's something wrong about this situation. And he's all like, okay, Captain, maybe I uh, judged you too harshly. Here, let's speak in private real quickly. Mm-hmm. They, you know, spoke privately. Then they came back. And they went to another rebel base. And the Imperial Captain solidified his orders hey make sure you fire at the lowest setting so that we could get survivors from this shit and of course uh it was at the highest settings and that base got blown to oblivion and vader was like i'm very disappointed in you admiral well not admiral captain um and he turned to one of the gunners and he's like you you're the ones who overcharged the turbo lasers you're a former inhabitant of odoran aren't you Yeah, that gunner was basically trolling Vader and just pinning the blame on the captain instead by overcharging the turbo lasers. The ultimate troll. <laughs> However, Vader decided to troll him right back. The uh, the base that they fired upon, it was quote-unquote supposed to be a rebel base, but in an ultimate... <laughs> in an ultimate... Uh, what was it? Act of pettiness... They were over a refugee camp full of former Odoranians. Oh, no. So that guy just killed his own people. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Darth Vader is a... He, can, he learned a thing or two from Kenobi, in this case. <laughs> yeah, you think? Oh, man. What's, what's another good story I could pull up at the top of my head? Uh, okay, so Odoran... Um, so the refugees of Odoran, they would find their own colonies, like there's New Odoran, but in canon, 
they have a kind of different colony. So, the former refugees, they would just orbit the graveyard. Um, but Princess Leia would, you know, do a lot of political machinations. And the refugees of Odoran were surprised to see a gigantic shell floating within their region of space. And this shell turned out to be the remains of the first Death Star. Oh, wow. That survived? Yeah, that survived. And Princess Leia, she had to pull a couple of strings and bring what was left of the Death Star so that her people could create a larger space station as a replacement home for them to live on. Wasn't it called New Alderaan? New Alderaan, yes. Okay. Kind of ironic that they used the shell... fucking ironic. <laughs> yeah, that they used the shell of the instrument that destroyed their world as a new home. Kind of fucked up, but at That's least Princess... very fucked up. Kind of fucked up, but at least <laughs> Leia did something good for her people. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I know, it is so funny. Um, kind of going off canon a little bit, because, uh, yeah, the, the way that Princess Leia, uh, reacts to her homeworld getting fucked up and being sassy with everybody afterwards. <laughs> oh, man, um, there's this robot chicken short where, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker is kind of mourning the death of Kenobi. He's like, I can't believe he's gone. And then Leia is all like, oh, boo-hoo, you lost one man. I lost an entire planet. Stop being such a baby, baby bag bitch. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Uh, I mean, she's got a point. Yeah, that is very true. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then R2 was like, damn, you got roasted, son. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, and then, of course, um, the Odoranians would actually look be looked upon with great respect because despite their homeworld being fucked to oblivion, they still continue life as best as they can and all that. And, yeah, I think I'll also real quickly bring up uh, that second world that, uh, that Urk wanted me to explain real quickly. If Alderaan has a sister planet, we found out. Yeah, um, this planet would be called Delia. Um, it is so close to Alderaan that it basically looks like its own moon from its distance. Yeah. And from the surface of Dyla, uh, <laughs> they literally saw Alderaan get blown up from the surface. It was just all like... That's... Terrifying. That's yeah, that horrifying. is that is so horrifying. Uh, let me go ahead and share a picture of it. It actually looks pretty beautiful too. <laughs> it looks just like Earth. Yeah, it does. That is beautiful. Yeah, it is pretty beautiful. Um, let me see if I could bow up a couple notes. Yeah. Dyla, it doesn't have too much lore on it. Like, uh, there was a Rebel Alliance satellite station there. Um, and then Princess Leia visited the planet formally to mourn her homeworld along with the refugees from it, as well as gather support for Rebel Alliance, yada, yada, yada. You know, that sort of thing. Um, let me go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll mention a couple of uh, members from Odoran. Of course, we know the famous ones, Beorgana, uh, Princess Leia... Um, Yulikel Droma. Did you know that, uh, Terran Blood was from Alderaan? Terran... Oh, Taro Blood. Taro Blood, yes. Who is, uh, your adversary in the, uh... Bounty, Bounty Hunter, Hunter story. Yeah. Yeah, that motherfucking little prick. <laughs> he is a prick. He doesn't have honor. He cheats. 
He cheats. Didn't he literally kill one of his uh, mentors or something? I think he did. Yeah. It's been <laughs> a bit a... since I played bounty, the Bounty Hunter story. Yeah. Um, of course, we, as with every single uh, race of the galaxy, they have their uh, stereotypical members and those that go against the fold and everything. Did you also know that uh, Cara Dune, who's the buff lady from Mandalorian, is also from Alderaan? Did not know that. Yeah, I just found that out a little while ago. It, I probably uh, overlooked some dialogue when she was first introduced, but she was a uh, Rebel Lion shock trooper from Alderaan. Huh. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. If only Gina Carino was <laughs> yeah, a better person. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, but let me see if I could pull up a couple of other members. Um, of course, we have Jisa. Uh, what was her name? Jasa Wilson. Thank you, Jasa Wilson. Yep, I, the, I forgot about that. Yeah, she yeah. was a handmaiden to uh, a noble. Yeah. Is she she's such such an emo Jedi. Oh, if you go dark side. <laughs> that is true. Um let me see. Um duh, duh. Yeah, there's a holy crap. There's I'm not gonna be able to go through all of these members, so I'll probably save the Odoranians for their own episode or something like that. But yeah, that is our episode on Odoran. What did you think, Hannah? That was uh I think the animals interested me the most, uh-huh. along with the history. Mm-hmm. But everything else was just okay. <laughs> what was your favorite part about Alderanian history, Hannah? Uh, the noble houses. Yeah, yeah, the noble houses are. And of course, the what happened during the Cold War. Yep, <laughs> that more fucking cinematic trailer is oh so good. It's Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, that is our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, oh my god, stop blowing up goddamn planets, Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, want to know what our next episode is going to be about, Hannah? Please tell me. So yeah, um, just keeping up the classic... The Halloween tra- episode. Yeah, just keeping up the classic tradition of spoopy-themed episodes for Halloween, or relatively close to Halloween. Um, for we did our uh, piece on ghost stories, urban legends last year. Those are always fun. Yep. Um, for this Hallow's Eve, we will Halloween. Be, I said Hallow's Eve. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, um, so for this Halloween's episode, we will be exploring something even spookier. We will be talking about Sif Spawn. Okay. This one will be interesting. They will be really interesting. Like, you got the Ragul, you got the... Uh, Tarant Attack. The Tarant Attack, and of course, my good old creation, the Sith Witchling. We will be enlightened more on that next time! Indeed. But anyway, I hope you guys had a wonderful day. Hope you loved listening listening about Odran and it being blown to oblivion and all that lovely stuff. But yeah, we'll see you next episode, and we'll look forward to celebrating Halloween together. Happy Halloween, y'all. And may the Schwartz be with you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.